Hello, and this is the Artcast, your fortnightly arts review podcast brought to you by me, Kaz Murray, Laura Leonard, and Vicky Kosmaska. Welcome back. This week we are discussing Dior, the designer of dreams, which is on at the V&A. But before we get into that, I've got a slightly fashion-related question for you guys. Okay. Which fashion disaster would you would rather wipe from your history? I suppose it was that whole skater, like, All Saints meets skater girl look that we, <laughs> I don't know, it. well, I certainly took part in when I was sort of Huge 14. Avril Lavigne fan. <laughs> It's not even Avril Lavigne. I don't know where it came from, but... Just hanging um, out in the skate park. Not being able to skate. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know what the hell I was Completely doing. Pulled, yeah. But obviously thought it was going to land me some, like, hot skater boy, which it obviously didn't either. <laughs> Laura, what about you? Any fashion disasters? Yeah, I think looking back at, like, all the university photographs of me, I just look horrendous. It was, like, the time when, like, you know, like, Kate Moss was, like, hanging out with, like, Pete Doherty and Amy Winehouse, and they were, like, all falling out of pubs, and, and I just thought it was so cool to just look, like, trash. And so when I look back at the photographs of me, I think I actually went to a wedding once with my parents, and they were so embarrassed because I was wearing, like, a dress with these, like, really clumpy, like, what were those boots called that were, like, suede and, like, really, like, baggy? Oh, oh my god! Yeah. Yeah. No, oh gosh, pirate yeah, boots. Were they, were they pirate boots? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I had a pair of those. A big old black pair of pirate boots to this wedding with like a nice dress because I thought it was really cool and really London. And then, like <laughs> now I look back at pictures, I just look like a knob. Just Lorraine and David mortified. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> quite rightly. I'm yeah. on their side on that one. I think. <laughs> Amazing. I mean, mine has to be from that kind of skater era. I fell victim to that fashion trend as well. But I decided to spend quite a lot of my time as a teenager customising my own clothes and would get jeans from a charity shop and unpick all the way up the side and then put these massive inserts of colourful fabric. Is that to make them even wider than they already were? Even wider. Because I remember like having conversations with friends about how, where you get the widest <laughs> of Making the Making yourself, like, mate. And my mum would get really jeans. annoyed because I'd trash her sewing machine because I'm sewing through denim so I'd break all the needles. <laughs> <laughs> and um, actually people would be like, have you put curtains in there? And I'm like, yes, I have actually. actually I have, I have. Yes, and then yeah. thought I'd embellish it with some ring pulls and beads. Wow. I'm really glad there's not many photos. I also had another top which my parents hated, which basically said, like, fuck capitalism, fuck, fuck go globalism, all the way around, like, saying all these different things. And I'd insist on wearing it on holiday, and my dad's like, you're not going out the house? And I'm like, I'm wearing this top. Very angsty teenager. Oh, dear. Poor Dr. I still Murray. have that. Yeah, poor Dr. Murray. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> I'll kick us off with a bit of bio about Christian Dior. So he was born to a wealthy family in northern France in 1905. He was very drawn to the arts from an early age, but interestingly, his parents actually had different ambitions for him. They wanted him to be a diplomat, and they actually sent him to Paris to study political sciences. But even whilst there, Dior gravitated towards bohemian artistic circles, didn't complete his studies, and actually decided to open an art gallery instead. But then that kind of had a quite swift change in direction, where in 1931... Both his mother died, sadly, um, and his father lost the family fortune in the 1929 financial crisis. Basically, Dior had to find another way to make a living. He retrained as a fashion illustrator and built up his profile by selling his fashion drawings and working with top 
couturiers. And then in 1946, he founded his own couture house. Yeah, so, and then in 1947, his debut collection came out amongst much anticipation. And it was quickly branded the new look. And what characterised the garments that he was showcasing is a very kind of ultra-feminine hourglass silhouette. So really nipped in waist and then full ruched skirts, full of fabric. Um, And the hemlines were quite a bit longer than what people were used to as well. And so this is in the context of like people were still rationing post-World War II in Europe. So I think what people have been wearing most recently had been very boxy because it was all about conserving fabrics. It was about making as many garments as you could. All of a sudden, this new look comes along and it's so ultra-feminine. And actually, um, I heard a great episode of Front Row where they were talking about this exhibition and they had Lady Antonia Fraser on, who is a biographer of Dior, but also was young in 1947. And just hearing her talking talk about it was just magical because she was just saying for this generation that had just been brought up in absolute austerity all of a sudden they were allowed to wear like beautiful dresses and and feel excited by clothes and like there's an element of fantasy and escapism in wearing those Mm. garments um, that really just took hold it just took the world by storm and not everyone was a fan so the exhibition actually highlighted that Sir Stafford Cripps who was the board of trade president at the time actually um, issued a statement saying that the Dior was setting a really bad example I think people saw it as sort of unpatriotic this like liberal use of fabric that excessiveness so nonetheless I mean it very much took hold and the house just went from strength to strength but unfortunately after only 10 years leading his house in 1957 he died aged only 52 of a heart attack it's terribly sad actually isn't it yeah Yeah. so in 1957 when Dior passed away his number two was actually Yves Saint Laurent and since there have been five other creative designers that have led the house which is kind of amazing to think that actually some of the people that led the house following Dior's death have been there for longer than Dior himself. Gosh, I didn't even twig that. They've all brought something a little bit different to the way in which the Dior house progressed, but keeping in mind the Dior aesthetic and that idea of the new look and the feminine form, they've just reflected that both within the context of their own time and, and how that is adapted, but also in terms of their own personality and I think that really shines through with some of the later designers in particular. So YSL, as mentioned, was there for two years before he started his own fashion brand. He was then followed by Mark... And he was only 21. And he was only 21, so he was really young too, to take over. Overachiever. Um, God damn it. Mark Bowen was then leading the house between 1960 and 1989. Gianfranco Ferreira had already established his own fashion house when he joined in 1989 and was there for seven years. And then the first English designer was John Galliano, who took over in 1996 to 2011, best known as, I think, being the bad boy of fashion and for his massive extravagances in terms of both his exuberant style of designing but also in his own personality. Raph Simons took over in 2012 and then was only there for three years before... Maria Grazia Curie, the first female creative designer, took over in 2016. And she's really brought to the house an idea of feminine style and feminism, which has sort of led the way in which she's progressing the sort of creative direction of the place. Cool, great. Dior very much created a world for his like customers so in terms of the garments and the way that they smell and the environments that they're like kind of Mm. behaving and he kind of creates this entire world for them and the exhibition 
then recreated that world for us and I absolutely loved it it was just (laughs) heaven I just want to live in that world it was amazing Laura was texting us while she was around being like I think I'm going to faint I know (laughs) what was worse was that this was in the middle of the day and I was stuck in the office yeah it was like a Wednesday morning and I was like I'm just going to ignore you because this is so unfair taking like really small little like choice pictures of a bit of fabric like like, just look at this detail it's amazing (laughs) no honestly so your top line reaction was you liked it I adored it Honestly, I just thought it was so brilliant. And what I loved about it is that it made me feel like I was Audrey Hepburn. Like, I feel like it made... Just like yourself. No. (laughs) It made me feel so elegant. Just And I went in, like, an old, like, oversized You weren't one of the ladies. I mean, I was impressed, I have to say, by how many girls were there, like, super dressed up to the nines. And everybody, like... Yeah, I I swear, by the end, I was, like, sweeping around corners, like Audrey Hepburn and Raymond Holiday. And I swear, everyone (laughs) in there was. Even, like, you know, the middle-aged men who'd been brought along by their wives. I think it was, like, something about the... caught up in the magic. Yeah, from the Mm. first room, there was just, like, this lovely tinkling music in the background. And they just created... It's been very well curated. So well done. Like, a complete set in each different room as well. So it's just created this aesthetic world. It is breathtaking, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, for those of you who have haven't been to see it yet the vna does this amazing job of taking you through thematically different elements of the way that the jewel collections work and they pick up on his different interests yeah the anglophile room which is all about his the uk influence on him there's a room gardens the international element of how different designers have picked up on different cultural trends and then my favorite i have to say i think is the ballroom which is all the ball gowns. Mm. I spent so long in there. But the way that they've designed that and the effect that they use of on the ceiling yeah. of the different projections, I just... It just adds this sort of element of magic to the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, it really does. I think it's probably, well, it's definitely the most expensive exhibition I've been to in a long time. Yeah. It was, mm. Well, ever, probably. It's £24 if you go in the first four yeah. weeks. But they create an absolute yeah. world for you. Like, no expense spared. Really it, mm. So, it, for me, it was worth it because it. I just found it really exciting and as an experience. And it's also in the new wing at the V&A, mm. which, for me, actually, being able to go into that space for the first time was also really exciting to mm. see how... They've expanded the space that they have to use for special exhibitions, but also they now have a space that is going to look incredible. Yeah, it's kind of like a theatre set. They can yeah. do what they want down there. It's, it's going incredible. to be the most incredible space. And the I height think. of the ceilings as well, because it's underground. Yeah. They obviously burrowed quite deep because it's, yeah, you've got such It is incredible. And mm. um, Kaz. How did you find it? It's a bit of an elephant in the room. I know, I'm like, <laughs> gulp, am I ready for this? Um, Go on, Cass. I concede it was, like, yeah, the creation. I concede. I concede. Dior is quite good. <laughs> no, no, Were the, you sweeping around feeling like Audrey Hepburn by the end of it? No, I wasn't, unfortunately. <laughs> but I don't think that's got anything to do with, like, the creation. Like, it was amazingly created yeah. and the spectacle of it was really, really beautiful. Um, and I found some bits of it really interesting, but I just don't think Dior is for me and it's just not really my aesthetic because it's very like particularly Kristen Dior and his collection it's very ultra feminine and that's just not my style and actually when they were saying this was in the antithesis to the boxy kind of utilitarian look and I was like oh that look sounds quite interesting and I also realized um, I don't really like ball gowns or dresses yeah, I love much. how you like text stuff you're like I've just realised I just don't really like dresses <laughs> just, just personal just not taste. for me so, I, mean, I don't know how that's possible but fine 
<laughs> I mean, if I could wear a ball gown to the supermarket, I would. Would you? Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, I could think of nothing worse. That's I absolutely like, would. Have you ever read The Dad Avocado, the novel? It starts with this character who's like, goes to the, she's going to the laundrette in her ball gown because it's the only thing she doesn't need to wash. And I was like, brilliant. That is That's literally my life. life. Yeah. I mean, that is, I get to the stage in my working day when I'm like, oh, no. oh shit, I'm going to have to dress up a ball gown for, or dress down a ball gown for work because I've got nothing else left. I don't even think I've ever owned anything resembling a ball gown in my life. I can lend Just you some Just give me, cast. like, inserts into <laughs> Yeah. But no, I, I didn't, like, it was interesting, but um, I, I wasn't enthralled by it in quite the same way you guys were. Mm. And if I were to go again, or if I was like, oh, with hindsight, would I have gone? I probably wouldn't have visited the exhibition. We but basically forced you to do this. Well, you know, stepping out of my comfort zone yeah, and seeing stuff is, I don't usually see. And I there was no new, concrete. New Year's resolution. No, no. This is definitely a step forward it was all on the right. New Year's resolution. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But actually, it was the day before I went to a tour of the Barbican. So I had, like, prepped myself. So Yeah, that was your carrot at the end. But yeah, like, it's, it's a great exhibition, just not my bag. Okay, so this week we're going to play a bit of a game. It's the middle of the series. It feels like a fun exhibition. So we thought we'd... Yeah, basically... Apparently, Christian Dior was a big fan of the Dom Perignon. Big fan of the champagne. It's, it's, not, it's not a surprise, yeah. to be honest. Unfortunately, yeah. our budget doesn't stretch that far, but we have put ourselves <laughs> yeah, a little bottle of M&S Prosecco <laughs> today, um, which we've been quaffing. So, um, but he also, equally, Dior was also a huge fan, apparently, of Times Square hot dogs. So I love that kind of mix of like high and low. He's a man after high my own heart. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so in his memory, we've drunk our Prosecco and we're going to play Spin the Bottle with the Bottle. Fabulous. So, <laughs> Love it. Um, so it's a quick fire questions round, basically, where um, we'll spin the bottle. Whoever it lands on, we'll ask them a question, and they have to answer it. So I'm going to spin first. Ooh, here we go. Is it going to land on? Kazi. Okay. So you've got the first question, which is, what surprised you about the exhibition? I think the one thing that really stood out was, first of all, that I think, well, as we've talked about in our intro, that Dior, like, he only ran the fashion house for 10 years before yeah. he died. That, mm. And the fact that it's, like, such a brand that everyone knows and it made such an impact and the fact that he established that in 10 years was really surprising. And then Yves Saint Laurent was 21 and that kind of yeah. blew yeah. my mind. Again, clearly very, very talented person and just, yeah, I, I didn't quite appreciate how young they were. And yeah. the other thing as well is that they both served in the Second World War. Yeah. Of course they did, giving, like, you know, the time that they were yeah. living in, yeah. but I'd never, like, ever associated Them Dior with being with that. that generation. Yeah. yeah. yeah they were... It was so interesting about Miss Dior, his sister, Catherine. Yeah. So Miss Dior is the oh, perfume yeah. that the house is really famous for. And she um, was his younger sister, and she was a member of the Resistance during the Nazi was occupation. She? Yeah. Like her. Was Amazing. Really yeah. So she was, um, so she was collecting poetry. Polish intelligence in World War II. She was arrested in July 1944, tortured and sent to Ravensbrück huh. concentration camp. Shit. Yeah, but then wow. obviously survived and was freed in 1945. I did not read that. But That's how, like, amazing. A, Christian yeah. Dior's yeah. little sister, yeah. who Miss Dior is named after. He had awesome? a lot of affection for her, didn't he? Yeah, oh I think God, she might say why. I can yeah. see Well, I think that's now the most surprising thing. Yeah. I, I just didn't yeah. read it in the exhibition. <laughs> yeah. You didn't read the blurb? What? No, I I, I'm sorry, guys, I skimmed. <laughs> you were too distracted um, by the beauty of the exhibition, sure. weren't yes, you? Yes, no, but, that. Um, about Not the dinner I had to get to afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, my grandma has worn Miss Dior her entire life, and it suddenly struck me while I was going around the exhibition as well that oh, she was of yeah. that generation. She was a baby in wartime, yeah. and then all of a sudden she came out the other side, and obviously, you know, this perfume probably represented yeah. for her all the things she never had as a child, like all the yeah. extra exuberance and and also, yeah, the fact that again the dates like Dior set up the House of Dior in 1946. So, he did yeah. not waste any time. Yeah. It was like mm. came back from the army, set up a fashion house. Okay. Um, really and gumption like yeah. as a character so entrepreneurial like I, I think from my perspective like I hadn't realised I think how much he'd done in such a short period of time yeah. mm. like I think that's the real element that surprised me is like he not only set it up and got it going but made it international made an empire yeah, yeah. like all of it in such mm. a tiny period of time yeah. you know relatively okay next one spin again spin Ooh, Vicky <laughs> So, Vicky, your question is, who's your f- favourite designer and why? Oh, that's so hard. Because I think I actually, I put together a list of all my favourite looks and it did span absolutely Everyone, all it? the designers. It really did. I think the one, and I think this is natural, the one that I guess is probably feels most appropriate now is probably the Maria Grazia Curie. Yeah, I love but her. I, but again, it's because we're living in that aesthetic. Yeah. But there are some dual pieces that I think are just as wearable mm-hmm. today as they were then. So there was a really beautiful like linen dual dress in the um, very one of the very first rooms, which was super simple, just like a halter oh, neck yeah. top. Brown belt. I can totally see you in that, Vicky. I, I can mean, see you on a sunny terrace, like mm-hmm. sipping some rosé. I'm thinking yeah. Capri with, like, <laughs> with David Cap- Gandhi in his pants. That's what you're thinking. That is, yeah, pretty much what I'm thinking. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, re- I'm resting the advert, right? Like, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> but it's <laughs> just a private <laughs> meditation. I um, I think that's completely wearable. I mean, that was cre- created yeah. over 50 years ago, and I would wear that today Timeless. just Timeless, as much as I would have done. If I were born 50 years ago, I'm sure. Kazi, who is your favourite out of interest? Um, who was my favourite? Uh, Gianfranco Ferrari. Oh, I really? Think was like so architectural. Arch- he was an architect. Yeah. Architectural. The closest so I, like, to the concrete. Shape. Yeah, yeah, the closest it gets concrete. <laughs> I think he did like the most sort of designs that I could, one, see myself wearing mm. and also looked comfortable yeah. to wear. Because like a big criteria for me is like, will I feel comfortable? Will I be able to move will around? Will it go with my DMs? Will it go? That is actually <laughs> how I shop. True. Will it go with my DMs? And he did like quite a few like interesting jumpsuits, mm-hmm. which I really liked. And again, I think it's probably like some of the structural lines yeah. that I really yeah. liked. I mine was um, Maria Grazia Curie. I just thought she was awesome. Yeah. Are you sure it wasn't the Galliano? Oh no! <laughs> I had to close my eyes whenever I came up against the Galliano. The fantasy, oh, it's too much. But it's, for your, it's like such, dream tipping into nightmare. This is what I don't understand, Laura, is because you're such a like self-proclaimed fan of all things gold and embellished. I'm like, yes, but tasteful. I see. I get yeah. it. Okay. But I loved um, Maria Grazia Curie because I felt like, for me, she like really highlighted the things that I love about Dior but made them, modern, brought them into modern yeah. day. So like, if, like, for instance, like his historicism. Did you guys see that like evening coat that she'd made out of all the little like votive images of saints? All over it. It was like oh, so. It was gilded. Yeah, yeah. So it was gilded, but it was like covered in like these yeah. like medieval images of saints. And I just thought that was really witty and really yeah. cool because like imagine wearing that out for dinner with like a pair of black jeans and a pair of heels. Like you'd feel like you were dining with the saints. Like it would just be so cool. Like I loved it. <laughs> no, 
Do you just feel like you're dying with the saints? So I've got St. Francis of Assisi with me and I'm hanging out with John the Baptist. I only die with saints. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. No, and and also like the garden (laughs) aesthetic she Mm. really drew on and showed off her technical skill with that too. Like I was obsessed Mm. with that dress that had the little cut and dyed feathers. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that was beautiful. Absolutely stunning, like the texture of that, yeah. and like every little individual flower sewn into the. It'd fabric. been great to wear because the movement, as you were yeah. like, if you're walking or yeah. whatever, stunning. I'm going to say something controversial, but I think there are quite a few Galliano pieces that I also really <gasps> no. like. Oh my goodness, no! We're a broad church, Laura. We accept <laughs> yeah. everyone here, <laughs> including people who like Galliano. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you can't kick me out just because of Galliano. <laughs> That's it. I'm not giving you the call up for the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> shall I? Shall I? Yeah, again? Ben Navarro. Yeah. Who's gonna? Laura. Oh, that's lucky, isn't it? Oh, very convenient. Yeah. So, Laura, your question is: Is Dior a feminist house? Like I mentioned earlier, Lady Antonia Fraser, someone like her, saw it as so freeing and liberating to be able to wear those clothes. But when I listened to that episode of Front Row as well, they had a, a fashion historian on who was talking about the fact that the new look silhouette, because it's so traditional, it gives you that kind of hourglass femininity, which kind of harks back to a Victorian or even a Tudor yeah. kind of quite shape. Exactly. It's like not a natural... You have to wear a corset underneath some mm. of them, so it's not like a natural oh, really? shape to wear. Yeah. yeah. Um, they were padded too on the chest and hips and shoulders so yeah it gives you that kind of unnatural feminine look which um, goes hand in hand perhaps with more kind of conservative politics of like what a woman should be and and what what their function is and And clothes that are constricting yeah and so during the 50s when you know women had been out in the workplace during the war but the kind of common consensus you know was that they should be back in the home it kind of chimed with that more kind of conservative political agenda which is inherently anti-feminist but obviously now with Maria Grazia Curie at the helm and her first garment that she sent down the runway was a we should all be feminist t-shirt yeah. so which is a quote from Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie's yeah. book essay was it sh- an- yeah it was an essay and also a TED talk we should all be feminist yeah so you know she's kind of putting her front foot forward there as a designer and kind of staking her place yeah it's really fascinating because actually I think um, it depends on where you sit in the perspective of time because actually you'd speak to some women now and they might view that hourglass feminine suited kind of collection that Dior created as being really empowering too and I guess we it's part of this element of women taking back control of that aesthetic that it isn't Mm. a domestic sort of power play of women being seen as being feminine and therefore being at home but part of a bigger narrative of the feminine aesthetic is also empowering for women and that translates to the way that they are and behave across the board, at home, mm. in the boardroom, whatever. Yeah. Um, and I, I think these days it's much more individual. So some women will always veer towards masculine tailoring mm. because of the fact that that's what makes them, them feel empowered. To your point about that whole loose-fitted, feel like you're comfortable in whatever you're wearing kind of vibe. Mm. And then some women want that sort of structured field and that gives them that empowering feeling. So I think over time, the feminism or the aspect of the femininity within Dior Mm. has been 
taken back by women to some extent. Well, I guess with the woman at the helm now, and she is recreating those yeah. shapes. I mean, without the corsets, but still, you've got you, you mm. do see this streamlined kind of hourglass shape yeah. coming up quite a lot. But it does feel very wearable under her hand. Apparently, I was reading uh, that when she was putting the designs to, I guess there's like a board that I have to like sign stuff yeah. off. They had they took issue with her putting a t-shirt in. Not because that they didn't phrase. feel it was very. They didn't feel it was brand. very like haute couture, like yeah, the t-shirt. Just t-shirt. Yeah, oh, that's interesting because Yves Saint Laurent got in trouble for the same thing, didn't he? For like oh. being inspired by the street rather than keeping, oh yeah, yeah. When it, it feels a bit too like every day, but yeah. Um, yeah, I think the other. Well, yeah, I think it's like Maria Grazia is doing some really interesting things. I think there were some of her collections where she actually handed out um, essays where like where are all the f- women artists or yeah. um, something mm-hmm. like that. So I think it's interesting. I think you have to be a bit careful not to overstate it because at the end of the day, it is a T-shirt and it's a T-shirt they sold for £700. Yeah, to the bottom line of the dual house profit line. Quite. Mm. Um, And, you know, did... So I think there's, like, a larger question there around... I mean, what I would say, and I know I'm arguing against myself here, is that she's also done quite a lot about supporting women in communities and has referenced... Which is, I think, the important thing. Yeah, fashion of women in working communities. So there's a big thing that she did with women in Mexico um, and one of the pieces is sort of a play on a traditional Mexican outfit and a lot of the sort of craftsmanship that goes into that is actually traditional and they were Mexican riders that she was inspired by and she invited them to the show to perform at the show so it was more like they were collaborating or they were very much a part of what she was doing rather than her just taking it like it was her idea but those obviously those t-shirts were problematic as well when they were copied left right and centre of the high street and made often by women in poor working conditions in third world countries and then you know people were buying into this whole like trend to be a feminist and have a feminist t-shirt but not thinking about the consequences of who made it and who bears the cost of making yeah, it. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. that's not the House of Dior's fault. That the high street it's not the House them, of Dior's but fault, but they have a very influential place within the fashion world. So I think there is something about looking... Are they putting their money where their mouth is? When Because yeah. I think with those T-shirts, an under, um, undisclosed sum went to Rihanna's foundation. Yeah. But again, mm. I don't know how much money. So I think you have to be like... I think what she's also, doing like, is interesting. What's the transparency of the production of this? Exactly. I think you have to be a bit careful not to overstate it because also in some ways... House of Dior is responding to the times. They're not necessarily mm, yeah. driving feminism yeah. forward. They're yeah. actually realising probably a lot of their audiences are very Tapping interested in into, it. Yeah. And they're like, OK, well, we need to move with it. Otherwise, we're not going to. So I think mm. there's a, probably a bit of a savvy business decision in there. I would say as well, another thing worth noting in this in this area is that they still have Johnny Depp as the face of their male... That is a really good point. Mm, of their male fragrance, So, um, which is obviously quite a questionable... Thing. Yeah. I don't know whether they're a feminist house or not. I think for me personally, I would say no, but I think mm. uh, Churi is doing some really interesting things. And I'm actually probably more interested in her than maybe Dior as, as a the house. Yeah. Legacy. Yeah, I think, mm. you know, maybe what she goes on to will be really interesting. Mm. All right, so last question. Here we go. Spin, 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 spin. Vicky. Vicky. What was your favourite room? My favourite room was the gown room. Yeah. <laughs> it was so sparkly. <laughs> Do you want to give, give us a description it for the listeners this out there? huge circular space with ball gowns all the way around the outside and then also in the middle. And then across the ceiling, they have these projections of different things. So they move between being like a starry night with shooting stars to... 
a fresco to like the sun like it varies hugely and there's the lighting in there goes between all these different shades and all it does is pick up like the sparkle and the beauty of these dresses um and it's vicky's got such a big smile on on your face it is just like have it's just so dreamy didn't you describe it as your happy place? It is my happy place. <laughs> I think that room is my happy place. If I could basically go around trying on all of those outfits with this sort of changing mm-hmm. like ceiling as as I went round, I probably would never need to leave. <laughs> Maybe if someone bought me a glass of DP every now and then, oh, I'd, be, yeah. I'd be delighted. I mean, you've got to have like some refreshment. <laughs> it's going to be the, whole, the well-rounded experience, you know. Oh, what, and the, yeah, yeah, exactly. with the DP as well, and a hot dog, but, and a hot dog. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm set for life. <laughs> Quick fire round, no hesitation. Answer okay. from the gut. What would you wear to the supermarket? Um, what would I wear to the supermarket? It, from the exhibition. From, from the, the exhibition. exhibition. <laughs> yeah, just generally. Pair of jeans? No. Um, <laughs> not allowed. DMs, obviously. Uh, it would have to be one of the jumpsuits, something, trousers, not a dress. Absolutely. I can't think of it. There was like one, was it? You know the Raph designer. Raph Simons. That one. The, yeah. um, the sequin sort of sequin beauty. Sequin jumpsuit. He paired it with a beautiful pair of um, red little stilettos. I can see you Yeah, those. I probably wouldn't wear those, but yeah. That Maybe and with my, the DMs like, and stuff. And a velvet jacket, <laughs> well, tone it pink, down a bit. Your pink, your pink, pink DMs. DMs. That would yeah, work well. I think I could do that. Um, <laughs> Laura, what would you wear to the Oscars? Uh, this is so easy, I know this one. So uh, Maria Grazia Curie had this beautiful, stunning red dress that was like the kind of traditional Dior silhouette, but it was kind of, um, what do you call it, sleeveless? It was like a bustier across the the Shoulders. Yeah, Yeah, and then it had like little um, sleeves attached to it as well. It was just gorgeous, deep red colour. Loved it. So, Vicky, what would you dress Kaz in from the exhibition? (laughs) I tried to think. I know, we have so much fun with this one. I just look like a grumpy teenager what the whole time. Really, the most? be so unimpressed, and it'd be such a waste as well. Like well, wearing was, Dior and be like, I'm really unhappy. About I really it. hate <laughs> it's fucking awful. I mean, I I'm thinking something froofy and huge and loads of tulle, mm-hmm. oh. and like the bigger the better, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm basically going for whatever you're going to hate the most. Oh, yeah, I've got kind it. I've got friends, it. Kind friends, Princess Margaret's twenty first oh. birthday dress. <laughs> Do you know what? I think that was That's like the, the that was the low point of the exhibition. When I was in that room, I was like, "What? What am I doing here? I'm not interested in this. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely this hate it." I mean, I wouldn't values. be quite so mean. I was thinking the Galliano with all the sort of tulle and this lime the green. green one. Yeah. yeah, I'd rather wear that than the Princess Margaret for sure. I mean, I, I should have probably been nicer to you because the question now is, Kaz, what would you dress me in? <laughs> See, now this is where. We differ because I've actually been quite considerate and actually picked oh, something that I thought God. you'd really like. Oh, um, and no, actually, I, I just feel thought, guilty. Well, you wouldn't have liked anything in the exhibition, yeah. so we have. I'm to incredibly get smug now. Moral <laughs> high ground. So it was in the final room, in the ball gown room. There was a dress. It was um, worn by the actress Limpi- Lupita Nyong'o. Oh my God, I love that dress. Yeah, it's like quite a structured top, yeah. and it's got mm-hmm. the waist, and then it's called the whirlwind. And I thought. I mean, I, I, would, I wouldn't say no to anything in that room, frankly. Apart no. from the Galliano, because there was like a chain link kind of I thing. would wear oh, that! You wear that? I okay, would wear that! Hats off to you. <laughs> so, Laura, 
Did you have any moments in the exhibition where you thought, Dior, what were you thinking? Yes, hiring Galliano <laughs> to be the creative director. If I could, I would just erase that entire blip from the from the House of Dior. That's so mean. No, he's gone. He's gone. Oh, no, I think, like, there was... A, I mean, he was working in a time of, like, massive excess, if you think about who his contemporaries are and, mm-hmm. like, if you think about what was happening in the world of fashion at the time. And I love... And he took it even the, further. I know, like, but Excessive excess. Of, he was working at like the height of the 90s and early noughties and just like how we didn't know how well we had it so why not just milk it mm, and throw it everything at it exactly I do actually have one which I can share to, with you okay well then. there was a few actually there was one which I think it was a pair of shoes designed by Turi which were basically high heels um, and then the toe of the shoe was basically moulded to be like the front of your foot so it had toes and it was pink <laughs> and I was just looking at that being like what the hell? <laughs> Someone buy those? Like walking, basically Someone with the, the foot fetish. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Mm. Kaz, what would you put lovely Laura in from the exhibition? I know exactly what I'll put you in. And again, being very considerate, and it's one of the Turi dresses in the final room. Is which, it my wedding dress? It's your wedding dress. My wedding Mark II dress. Mark II. Yeah, so I basically looked at that, and it kind of reminds me of Ophelia because it's got the flowers around the head, and then it's this yeah. like wonderful kind of floaty. And I looked at that, I was like, Laura would have fucking loved that. I was all over that like a fly around boot. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. It was amazing. Yeah, it was so amazing. Being far too nice to her, you should put her in like what, what a Galliano. one of the Gallianos. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna put you in like the chain kind of no, you're not. Galliano. Yeah, or the um, the queen like the queen sort of regal outfit where oh, it's yeah. all like the red and the like. Didn't Kate Moss wear that? I've got yeah, a memory. Something yeah, like that. Like the, yeah, I'll put you. In if you did that to me, I would not leave that. Leave the house. That That's fine. It. You can do the Saturday night in. Yeah. <laughs> Saturday night in. Quite a night in watching Strictly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're um, so, what are we going to take home? One thing, Vicky. One. One. That's really hard. Like. So, I'm going to take the entire garden room. You said one thing. Laura. Yeah, I know. Entire garden room. <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. Um, I yeah, I'm going to take the entire garden room because it was just sumptuous. So it was my favorite room in the exhibition, and they had um, done this installation on the ceiling. So they had all this. It was like kind of being underneath a pergola, like with it was all beautiful. These room. Like yeah. It was a beautiful room. room. It was gorgeous. And so yeah, that's my take home. And the dress in the middle is the one I mentioned earlier from um, Maria Grazia Curie, which was the the garden in bloom dress, which was stunning. So I'll have that as well. Well, please. I would take home the ball gown that Dior did oh, wow. with all the petals, which is also in the ball gown room, obviously. And it's sort of white, corseted, sort of diamante at the front, and then this sort of petal motif, and it's got sort of lined with blue diamantes. That's it's all very of, sparkly. It's the kind of dress that you just know you could hear you coming in. Yeah. It would be like, whoop, whoop, as you were walking uh, yeah, with that definitely. big skirt. Um, there would be something I'd take home, mm. actually. It would be, it's a sort of trouser and jacket. Ensemble. Glittery sequined ensemble by oh, cool. Gianfranco Freire. And the part of the reason nice. why... Yeah, well, so first of all, trousers. I quite like the tailoring. It's very studious. Um, 54, yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, also, I think I could get, like, at least five different outfits out, out of, of that. that one. You know, yeah. like, jacket, mm-hmm. trousers, yeah. different top. Mm-hmm. I like mixing and matching. And I could definitely wear some Doc Martens with it, which is my main awesome. criteria. Yeah, we know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you have yeah, mentioned. We know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great. Well, that's the Dior exhibition, which we, well, I hugely recommend. I think Vicky does I too. hugely recommend too. I would recommend it. 
definitely. Oh, would you? Yeah, okay. if people like fashion and they yeah. like Dior, 100% go. Mm-hmm. Or even if you don't like Dior, but you like fashion and you're interested, I think. In, to learn more about yes. him. Yeah, I think yeah. that is also, it's a really interesting like insight into the way that a fashion house operates and works and the influence of different designers and it also gives you an idea of the atelier and the, yeah. the construction behind yeah we've not talked about that really which that was my favorite room yeah unsurprisingly yeah because yeah. it was white <laughs> it was white but it was a room that basically uh, was talking about the atelier so all the kind of process behind taking a design through to finished garment and the whole process of taking the designs and making a toile which is the kind of cotton mm. mock-up essentially to work out how the kind of structuring of it would work and then from that picking the fabrics and then constructing the actual final piece and I found that really interesting because mm. again it sort of explained a bit it's more the inner workings. behind yeah. it's not just like Dior came up with ideas and then they were walking down a runway it was it and was really was, drawing attention to the people behind the scenes yeah, and, and celebrating women. them celebrating their talents and everything they do which is yeah really and they, they described like three women who were sounded like pretty formidable who I without, think they basically without him the house of Dior would yeah, not exist just right? kept it kept it running and did all the kind of liaison and stuff like that which I yeah I found that really interesting and that was in the room where I heard the most ex- exclamations there was like mm. one woman who was just like just extraordinary like that's all yeah. she kept on repeating mm. and actually I would have liked to have seen a bit more of that because they had some videos of showing them making yeah. with Hawkeye it's all handmade or predominantly handmade so it's again showing the process of yeah. making which I think was really interesting mm, great okay cool <laughs> So that's been Kristen Dior, designer of dreams, on at the Victoria and Albert Museum, which is on until the Vicky. 14th of July, but I've got terrible news for you. It's sold out. I cannot believe that. So VA members, you still get access, and who knows, they they will probably extend and do sort of late night viewings and that they sort of that thing. They did that with the Frida to keep your eyes peeled. Yeah, and in, until then, let us know your thoughts, feedback. Comments. comments what you would take home what so, dress you're going to wear to the supermarket <laughs> you can email us hello theartcast at gmail.com you can follow us on instagram we're at theartcast a big thank you to our editor johnny leonard and to our the composer of our jingle nat wits and thank you to you guys what a fun episode yeah i'm quite drunk now no <laughs> <laughs> no with self don't play spin the bottle next it's time it's what christian Dior would have wanted we just didn't have hot dogs <laughs> we had the hot dogs <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.